you know, if you ever held your breath for a long time, you know how desperately, or even been in the water and know how desperately you want a breath, but I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna give what I had left. And I th remember thinking, I'm just waiting for, for it to end. And it didn't take but a moment. And all of a sudden I was somewhere else. And the, the violence was gone, the cold water was gone, uh, the pain was gone. I was just in this sort of uh, amorphous, sort of light grayish place. And I said to myself, what the hell just happened to me? I and a bunch of friends who were whitewater rafting and kayaking enthusiasts were setting out on a really warm day, lots of, there was lots of uh, uh, snow and glacial melt going down the south fork of the Payette River. And at the time, the rapids that we were looking forward to shooting were called staircase, and they were classified as a, as a class five rapid. On the front of the raft most of the morning because I wanted to be the one that hit the splashes, uh, uh, get into those waves first, those rapids, uh, really get the adrenaline going. So uh, the guy who had been at the end of the raft, on the back end of the raft, uh, back with Phil, came to me and he said, you know, I, I'd kind of like to trade places with you because, you know, that's where all the action is and, you know, I'd like a little shot at this myself. And I said, no problem, I'll take your place. So I got on the back of the raft uh, next to Phil, and we started out uh, to uh, shoot staircase. Now, staircase is what's classified as a drop and pool rapid, which is aptly named. It's a staircase. You have these little waterfalls that go all the way, way down for, I don't know, maybe three quarters of a mile or so. And it's in a canyon where the walls are sheer. So, you know, if... Uh, you, you pretty much don't have any way of getting through those unless you go down them. So, uh, at any rate, we came to a point in the river where it started to descend swiftly. There was a big rock that jetted up out of the water uh, that kind of cleaved the channel. And uh, the channel we wanted to take was a little bit more gentle because the one that went to the left was pretty much a, about a 12-foot drop. So uh, the uh, current started to take us off the left, and uh, I could hear Phil screaming over the uh, roar of the rapids, uh, pull right, pull right, pull right. And so we're all paddling madly over, trying to get over to the right side of that rock, and what happened was we hit the rock. And the rock, as soon as we hit it, the current pushed us up perpendicular, and the guys fell back in the raft, and they hit me and knocked me out. So, and I remember going down uh, through the water, watching my feet through the surface, and the water was very clear. And I thought, you know, I'm going to own the bragging rights to going down staircase and nothing but a life jacket. And it was about a second, maybe two seconds later, when I realized I was in big trouble. Anyway, I'm in the water. And I'm feeling uh, uh, this unbelievable force pulling me down uh, in the river and down toward the bottom. And as, as it's pulling me down, 
the light begins to fade out. It's darker. The, the roar of the water begins to fade out, and then bam, you know, I'm swept into these boulders at the bottom of the at the bottom of the river, and then uh, the current spits me out. There are all these vertical eddies after you know these little waterfalls, and it would spit me out, and I'd start to see foam and start to hear the noise and light. The light would start showing above me, and I knew I was going to make, break the surface, and so I. I'd blow out the air that I had in my lungs and I'd get ready to take another gulp because I knew I was going back down. So this was happening uh, over a period of probably about two or three minutes. Wasn't wasn't very long. But the process was beating the tar out of me. And I remember when I was when I'd break the surface and I could see the raft that I was in downstream probably 40, 50 yards, and these guys were looking at me looking for me, and they had these ashen faces. And uh, I thought, man, lighten up, guys. Everything's going to be okay. But as I'm getting beat up here and I'm not getting enough air and uh, I'm feeling my strength begin to wane, I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this. And then uh, at some point after I get spit out of this current and, and start getting, uh, uh, trying to ascend back, you know, in, in t- to the surface. And I kicked my legs, or tried to kick my legs, and I couldn't, couldn't make it happen. And so I tried to swim with my arms, and my arms were so, my strength was so depleted, I couldn't get there. I couldn't make it happen. And then I realized I probably wasn't going to make it. And, and I, re- I thought, well, so if I can't get to the surface, the last thing this river is going to take from me is my last breath. That's not going to happen while I'm conscious. So I prepared for that. Uh, and, um, you know, if you ever held your breath for a long time, you know how desperately, or even been on the water and know how desperately you want a breath. But I wasn't going to give what I had left. And I remember thinking, I'm just waiting for, for it to end. And it didn't take but a moment, and all of a sudden I was somewhere else. And the, the violence was gone, the cold water was gone, uh, the pain was gone. I was just in this sort of uh, amorphous, sort of light grayish place. And I said to myself, what the hell just happened to me? And as soon as I said that, I, had, I felt the presence of this being. I, and I sensed the being was somebody that I knew well, perhaps a guide or whatever you, whatever you want to call it, but somebody who knew me very well and was there for me to receive me. And the communication that I got, which was telepathic, was, and it was very calm, He's, he was reassuring me, everything is okay, just be calm, you're going to be fine. And uh, so I communicated back in the same way. And what struck me was, the purity of that communication was uh, that the thought that you had was delivered uh, exactly as you had generated and vice versa, if that makes sense. Which, by contrast, when we communicate verbally like we do now and, and non-verbally, uh, there's a lot of room for misinterpretation uh, and um, so it's not that way. And so I remember 
sort of turning to follow him. And as I did that, I immediately began to see a life review in three, from three perspectives. The first was the way I had experienced my life through my own eyes. The second was the way that the people with whom I interacted experienced uh, me. And the third was sort of this omniscient point of view. And I remember thinking as I'm going through this, why did this have to happen? And I was feeling profoundly ashamed at some of the ways I behaved. And the answer I got back from this being, first of all, I'm, this being is next to me, I'm feeling, I'm going to say him, watch these things with me and experience these things with me. And I'm feeling really pretty small at that point. And the, communi the communication I get back from him through this tidal wave of love, and, and it's totally, it, it's, it's, um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's total acceptance and uh, no judgment whatsoever. And the communication that comes through is everything happened the way it was supposed to, and it's okay. So I thought, wow. And so all of these other questions about what had happened in my life or other questions that I'd had in my life that I'd never been able to answer, all these questions, all of a sudden, popping off like a thousand flashbulbs. Question, question, question. And as soon as I'd asked them, they were answered uh, entirely and satisfactorily. And the, the way that I felt when I got those answers were, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That, all of that makes perfect sense now. So, uh, and, I, and, and, and so I was experiencing as I'm enveloped in this, in this Love, uh, it's, it, there's no way to describe the power of it. And I'm feeling the experience of it, and I'm feeling the presence of what I'll call God. And it's total love. It's this amazing power. The, my, my sense was it was the power that created us, that created the universe, that created everything and that we were part of that, and that God doesn't exist out there somewhere. We exist within the consciousness of God, of this, what we'll call God. The message that I got was, you can stay or you can go, but if you stay, there are agreements, there are contracts that you've made with other souls in your circle, in your realm. And if you go, uh, if you decide to stay, in other words, you'll have to honor those agreements at some other point in some other life. And so I thought about that, and I thought, oh, God, I don't want to go back to that. But I don't want to. It was like repeating a grade over. So I remember thinking, okay, I'll go back. And as soon as I made that decision... I was back in the water, downstream, floating sort of semi-consciously, 
And Breck had been able to get, he was down at the bottom of the staircase and he'd been able to get into this sort of eddy and he was looking for my orange life jacket. He was looking for, you know, some sign of me coming down into the water and he saw me and I remember seeing him see me. It was kind of funny because I saw him see me and I, from where I was sort of, sort of semi-conscious and he kept yelling at me and I didn't feel any need to respond. Uh, I'm not sure I was capable of it. And I was kind of looking at him from above a little bit. So I'm not sure if I was sort of in my body and sort of not. I don't know. But at any rate, I, I hear him yelling at me uh, repeatedly, grab onto the rope loop on my kayak and I'll get you out of here. And so I remember trying to do it and I could, could barely even just raise my arm and he, but he kept working with me and holding on to my life jacket and trying to paddle out of there and finally I was able to get my hand on that loop. I think it came out a couple of times so I managed to stay with him. And uh, man, the pain I was in and the cold water, I was hypothermic and uh, just wasn't having a good time at that point. So they got me, Brett got me to the side uh, of the river there. There was a little beach uh, there, uh, and um, they got me over where they had uh, pulled the raft up. And they put me uh, inside the raft, and they covered me with anything they had, like life jackets or whatever, and elevated my feet, looking at me, and I could see the looks on their faces, like, <laughs> Yeah. So, but again, the only way out of there was down the river. So we got back in the river. They pulled me back, uh, tried to keep me, you know, with it, conscious, talking. And I spent the rest of that trip, probably maybe, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes uh, in the bottom of that raft and feeling every bump and hurting while I'm home those next few days, I kind of feel, I'm starting to feel like trying to process what had happened to me and couldn't begin to. Um, I've described it this way before, but I'll use it because I like the metaphor, is that I, I felt like an electrical appliance built for 110, and I'd been, just been plugged into 220. I'd, I'd had my mind blown. I'd had everything <laughs> blown out. So I'm pondering what had happened to me and pondering where I was now, and it felt like all of a sudden it, it, uh, the realization was that I was really living somebody else's life, and I needed to get back to mine. I did wonder if I was crazy, if I'd hit my head a little too hard. Uh, I, you know, there, there was so much to process, and so much beyond the realm of what I knew, which was my five senses, uh, time and space, and the Christian traditions that, had, uh, I, that I had lived within, which didn't really parallel at all. So, uh, yeah, it took me a while, and I think, I think Kim I, I had probably... so many things coming at me. Um, and I'll try to describe what that is. I could walk into a room and feel the energy of everyone. I, I didn't really see auras as much as I felt them, 
And I remember describing it as everyone has, it's like a popsicle with unique taste. Because the, your, my senses on the other side were like, besides the five I possess now, many more. And they combined. So maybe, I hope I, hope I can draw the right parallel here, but maybe a, a visual sense also had a taste to it. If that makes sense. So, uh, and uh, there were a lot of things. I was like a kid with a new toy because um, I'm driving out in the country to interview somebody, uh, and, and this was before maps, I mean, on your phone. Uh, this was before you had to get out and navigate with a map or something. And uh, hope for the best. But I could, like, I could drive, I could just focus on where I had to go and I could drive to that person's house. And, uh, and I could, I could kind of, if I keyed in with, on somebody, I could, I could get a sense of their energy and where they were uh, and how they were feeling, that sort of thing. There was a lot of stuff that felt kind of icky and I, you know, and I would have to learn how to block that out because I'd pass somebody who had not so nice energy at the time, and so I'd have to learn how to block that out. Eventually, I started blocking it all. Who has had a near-death experience here? Okay, so you all know that you always have one foot on that other side, and uh, that doesn't mean life is easy because it's not, because <laughs> you're trying to reconcile that, right? Yeah. And it's it it's the it's the work of a lifetime to do that. And so, uh, you know, we're constantly working on our humanness, aware of this other part of us, and, and trying to make those connections.